1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted
1: by Co-Site Experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas. I got Chris and Uri here. It is pretty much Christmas break for almost all people that work in the school systems or work federal jobs. And guys, it is. Uh, we were going to record after the Pelicans game tonight, but sadly that was postponed, and we'll definitely jump into that in just a second. But guys, are we ready for Christmas coming up? Yeah, very much so.
2: We have a special episode, the next one, Wednesday night, where you guys are going to give out Christmas gifts to all the Sixers players. So that's something we can look forward to. Oh, definitely. I'm excited for
1: that.
3: Yeah. So, as you said, the Sixers-Pelicans game on Sunday night was postponed. It was one of multiple games that were postponed Sunday. Um, A couple more have already been postponed going into this next week. Um, This seems to be a bit of a trend now. There's been something like 70 NBA players this week, I think, going into COVID protocols around that number, ballpark, and... Uh, That's quite a few, and it's clearly impacting a lot of teams on a lot of different levels. I know Cleveland is having a breakout right now. Sacramento is. Charlotte had one. The Sixers had one earlier in the year. Brooklyn's having one now. A lot of teams having COVID outbreaks. Um, Sixers not playing this game because they can't field eight players. So um, not a great. Time in the league right now, Lucas. Did you see this coming? Um, what what are your kind of thoughts on the issue right now?
1: I don't think anybody expected this this new uh strand of the virus to come out, which of course is the uh Omnicron. Uh, uh, is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Omicron. This new variant of the uh you know, Omicron, virus. I Omicron. I Omicron. Thank Omicron, you, Omicron. Right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not he's store.
2: neither a Decepticon or an Autobot.
1: He's oh gosh. Omicron. That you know what that is (laughs) okay anyway getting back uh allowing not allowing my nerdy self to come out too much here um i don't think anybody saw this variant coming out um holiday seasons does tend to make this stuff kind of spike a little bit we saw a little bit of it and after the you know thanksgiving and a little bit around things uh, halloween not too much around halloween but still um you know Whenever you have people coming back together or, you know, this type of mass, you know, celebration where you see a lot of different people, it's it's not impossible to believe that this could happen. Um, Did I think it was going to break out this bad in the NBA? No, I don't think anybody expected it to break out this bad. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of stricter protocols going into effect as a result of this. But no, I did not see this coming.
3: Yeah, I I think the protocols have already gotten stricter going into the holiday break. Um, You know, it's it's pretty unfortunate. I don't know if there's a lot more to add to that. Um, You know, there's stuff to be said about how, like, everyone has handled COVID and blah, blah, blah. But, like, for the NBA in particular, it's just – it seems like we're heading to – you know, we're getting to a point where it would be best as health-wise – for the league to shut it down for a week or two and let everyone get healthy, you know, go home, isolate, try to contain this outbreak. That's now spreading across multiple teams. Um, just on like a personal health level, like forget basketball, forget the business side. Um, like the NBA is not going to forget the business side cause it's a business and that's how businesses work. But ideally we probably just take a break for, you know, at least for the holidays. Um, But, you know, Christmas Day games tend to draw in a lot of viewers. The NBA likes money, so that's not going to happen. So, Lucas, do you think because of all these COVID disruptions, we're going to have another situation like the bubble where people are putting an asterisk next to the season? You know, the champion isn't considered quite as legitimate, maybe, as other champions. Do you think that's kind of where the discourse is going right now?
1: Uh, Honestly, I don't know. I don't... I don't think there will be an asterisk, and I I don't think that I don't know if there will be a bubble. That's something for Adam Silver, to you know decide. He's been kind of lethargic on this, to be honest. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been making moves faster, considering how well he handled this initially back in you know 2020. But <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I I I will say, like I said, I don't think there will be an asterisk, though especially once they figure out how they're going to contain this or how what type of testing and what type of protocols they're going to re-implement. Because I do suspect that they're going to get much stricter protocols w- once in the next week or two, for sure. Yeah, I mean,
3: we'll have to see what it looks like, um, you know, come the spring and summer. Um, but I, I agree. Like, generally speaking, the asterisk thing doesn't normally make sense to me. If anything, it'll be a bit of an accomplishment to have traversed all this COVID stuff and to come out as a champion. You know, the Lakers earned their championship in the bubble. I don't think anyone reasonably would argue against that. Um, So I'm not personally, you know, in that territory. I don't think we're going to have another bubble just because, like, again, like revenue stuff and also the players pretty openly hated the bubble. So I, I just don't know if they'd agree to go back. Um, whether or not that would be best for everyone. Like, it probably would be because the bubble worked. But, um, yeah, we're probably not going to get another bubble. I I would agree on that part. But it's really just, broadly speaking, kind of unfortunate and a bit of a bummer. Um, It's certainly throwing a wrench into things this year. Um, The product has suffered because of it. You know, we're going to talk about this Brooklyn game. The Nets are, like, Playing three rookies, thirty minutes apiece, and that's the number one seed in the East. So,
1: uh,
3: it's not great, but we'll 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 see what happens.
1: Yeah, and talking about the Brooklyn game, let's just go ahead and jump into that, Chris. And let's switch gears. And hang on, eye one second. I I can hear my parents. Can you hear them? Yeah, I can hear them a little. Okay, bit. let me hang on one second. Yeah.
2: So, Chris, do you miss when I do the live hey guys, transitions? Yeah. yeah, of course. All right, well, then I <laughs> will. We should keep this in here. <laughs> Lucas is telling his Good. parents to be quiet. I, I agree.
1: No, hundred <laughs> percent. It better be in the
2: front. mom, dad. You're too loud. I'm trying to record.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's, a, that's the that's the rude in, way of what I that, that, that was the rude way of what I said. Hey, everybody, no. listen. Lucas does
2: not live with his parents. They're visiting him, so let's not get that rumor started. That
1: Lucas. Oh, okay. At- oh, I mean, there. I thought we were just going to edit all of this out. To be no, we keep- Chris said we're keeping it. Nope. Why? <laughs> Why would you do this to me, Chris? Chris,
3: we're doing it. It was your Ryan's idea anyway. What?
1: Oh my goodness. I'd I don't care. For everything who, on this. You, side. Uh, the blame game. I don't like this. Anyway, no, everybody my parents are visiting out of town and they're playing cards and they're the playing Uno. Just... They were
2: they were no, yelling no, 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 Uno they definitely too did.
1: loud. Draw 4. I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't think it was Uno, but anyway, the point is is that they just got a little bit too enthusiastic, you know. You know how it is. <laughs> I mean, you're are you're, you're actually closer to their age than my age, so, you know.
2: Ow. <laughs> Um, that was pretty timely and pretty good. I'm gonna keep that in here just because I'm comfortable in (laughs) my skin. The
3: whole thing, the past two (laughs) minutes, are all staying in. All right, it's still good. It, it, it,
1: yep, okay. Anyway, so let's get to the Brooklyn game now. Like Chris said, that they were pretty depleted. They they were missing most of their stars. They had a starting five of Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, who hadn't been in the rotation until. All these COVID cases, Nick Claxton, Patty Mills. And da- I think his name is David Duke. Is that his name? Is it? Yep. Yeah, David Duke Jr. And yeah, they, they've they signed a couple players to hardship exceptions. Um, Langston Galloway is one that I can think of. And um, they were able to beat a pretty, I mean, outside of missing Tyrese Maxey, pretty well together Sixers rotation. So Chris, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Hey, guys, let's take a break. And let me tell you about another podcast well worth listening to. It's called the Knuckleheads Podcast. And what they do is they bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles are lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. They're the hosts of this podcast. Listen as they invite special guests, high-profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. Named for the on-court celebration that they made wildly popular, this unfiltered, hilarious, and surprising podcast is like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. You can find this podcast on Apple iTunes as well as... Well, iHeart.com or any other platform that you can think of that has podcasts. Again, check out the Knuckleheads podcast hosted by Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. And now, back to the podcast.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Somehow, like, we've watched the past few Sixer games. Um, They've been losing to shorthanded teams pretty frequently lately. So I don't know if it was that much of a surprise. Um, Kevin Durant still there um, Kevin Durant is pretty good at basketball um yeah and look it's it's pretty disappointing the Sixers outside of the Warriors game have been really bad the past week or so um not a lot of strong showing from this team lately pretty disappointing to be 15 and 15 this far into the season obviously like you know they're all working back from COVID etc cetera, etc cetera, but it's been a pretty underwhelming week or two of basketball for the Sixers. Um, Joel had a good game, you know, 32 points, nine rebounds, six dimes, 29 from Curry. Those two were great. Thibault had, like, his best offensive game of the season and scored eight points. Um, but I feel
1: like that was a little bit of a shock to Thibault. It's, to like true,
3: though. Like, how many <laughs> better offensive games has he had?
1: I mean, you're not wrong, like, but, it like, true it, it true felt though. like a shot.
3: It's, like, true, though. It's, it's a fact okay but outside of those three pretty um tough sailing tobias was um hot garbage you know 11 on 17 shots um not not a good tobias game we've been kind of railing on tobias a lot lately but this was probably a new low for him this season i i'm confident that he'll get back to something closer to last season at some point um, I, it feels like he's probably been hit by COVID as hard as anyone on the roster so far he's talked about it you know feeling like he's playing through a cold every game so I, I have a lot of sympathy for him on that front but this was this is not a great Tobias game Isaiah Joe 4 in 24 minutes um, you know it's, it's, it's not ideal to lose to Brooklyn without two of their stars without half their rotation um, you know Kessler Edwards Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton; those guys really shouldn't be beating a healthy Sixers team.
1: Kevin Durant, he can beat you. I, I get it, but not great. No, and I mean, obviously, the the like you said, the the absence of Maxi was really felt in this game. And uh, I actually did an article today about you know like the potential of Joel and, and Maxi, and I wrote like what the record is without each other in the lineup. And Joel's, you know, only 500 without Maxi in the lineup. So that's just an interesting fact there. Um, but no, I, I think you're right that Tobias has uh, has been looking pretty bad. And I mean, it's kind of forced me to to write a potential trade article. Now, do I think it's probable that he gets traded? No, let's be real. His contract is kind of an albatross. But it, I did an experimental, what if they could? These are the potential trades. Um, because this game is just an exclamation point on a really suspect season. I mean, Chris, he's shooting 29% from three-point line after nearly shooting 40 last year. Yeah. It's horrendous. It is. But... And, like, again, like the COVID stuff,
3: I, I get it. I'm sure the shooting will come back around. He's a good shooter. Sure. I, But he's already a pretty flawed player. And when he's not operating at his highest caliber, it can get pretty rough. So, you know, it,
1: it's a concern for sure. Do you think there's any chance that Sacramento would do like a buddy healed and Harrison Barnes swap for Tobias and say Paul Reed in a first? Probably not. I, I don't know how
3: desperate Sacramento is to get rid of buddy healed. Um, but... Harrison Barnes has had a better season than Tobias so far. He's like, on yeah. a better contract. So I, I don't know if they'd go for that.
1: Yeah, well, it's worth a shot. I also threw – tell me what you think about this, because this is my other favorite trade. I had three, but this is probably my favorite one. It's a three-team trade. You send Tobias to Cleveland, You and, and Boston's involved in this as well. You get back, you send Tobias out, you send uh, – Paul Reed and Jaden Springer out to respective teams. I think I had Springer going to the Cavs and Paul Reed going to the Celtics. Um, you get in return, Lowry Marketing, Marcus Smart, and, oh gosh, who was the other player? There was one more player that they got back. Um, it was Jabari Parker. And they sent two seconds to Cleveland as well. Um, the seconds were there for compensating for taking on uh Tobias's big contract, and then Boston got um, they also got Ricky Rubio and Kevin Pangus Pongus. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Ricky Rubio fixes a lot of their problems in Boston. That's my thought behind that, yeah. I again like.
3: Why does Cleveland get want to buy us?
1: Well, think about it, because Lowry Markkinen is is kind of like, okay, Cleveland wants to do the super jump, the towers lineup with Mobile. Cleveland Mow- is, has won six in a row. They're basically tied
3: for second in the East. Cleveland rocks. Like, why do I mean, yeah, shake the boat? Rubio I mean, and Markkinen have both been really good. They're playing at a really high level. It seems sustainable. Why? Why rock the boat with the guy who's twenty nine percent from three this year? The Knicks first one off, first you re-
1: you, re- you referenced a song there when you said Cleveland rocks. I don't know if you realize that or not, Drew Carey. No, nine,
2: we're, Chris Drew
1: Carey. Show we're but, talking about Cleveland, man. I mean, you it's been six games. That's great that they want to but no, no, I will say that Cleveland looks been, legit. But Chris, I this is this it. this is my this is my thing. You want to embrace that jumbo lineup? Fine. You could still play Tobias at the 3. He's more offensively versatile than Mark- Markkanen and a better defender. Markkanen is as good or better
3: at, at shooting threes and he doesn't have as many of like the like mind-numbing, extremely frustrating Tobias is trying to play isoball ball moments. And their defense is really good. Tobias is not some special defender, but you replace Markkanen with Tobias, I don't think the defense is inherently getting better so I oh
1: I have Dennis Schroeder going back to um Cleveland. I think Cleveland
3: well. is really good I think Cleveland would take Rubio over Schroeder right now with how he's played for them this year Schroeder's been great in Boston I, I I agree that Boston would probably be interested in that swap but I, I don't know if Cleveland would and Tobias's contract is just big you're the Cavs you have a lot of young guys on pretty good contracts you're up and coming why like well, on your cap sheet, like would you, would you would you would you switch
1: out Kevin Love for Tobias? It, Love is expiring, right? No, he has one more year after this. Okay, so I I don't know. I, do would the Six like, would the Sixers do that? I I like straight up. Well, no, I think Probably they would have to get not. something else. Cleveland would have to sweeten the pot. I don't know. I before the season, I would say Sexton, but. I don't think Philly wants Sexton him because of him and Maxi would just overlap too much. Um, maybe, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. I, because I, Kevin Love's having a really good season as a backup. Like a really good season. Yeah. I, and, and I like, I like his him. fit next to Joel, to be honest. Yeah, but like Tobias is still better than Kevin Love. Oh yeah, he is in a vacuum. Yeah, but. Is the fit better? Because I mean, you complained about his clunky fit before. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to look a ton
3: better with Love. You know, I, I, Love deserves some like post touches and stuff. He's not going to get that. You don't want,
1: but you also, don't need. Love you don't. But he doesn't team. need those to be effective. We saw that when when he played with LeBron. Granted, there is no LeBron on this team, but still, he he's like a backup for a reason too. At this point, I don't think you want to start him. No, probably not, but I, I don't know. Just a thought, but the other thing that I wanted to ask you, Chris, is this, about going back to the Brooklyn game, is um, Uriah, I'm going to read this the way that you wrote it, because I find this hilarious. Um, how good will Brooklyn be when Kylie... And Harden and start playing with KD. I didn't know Kylie Jenner was uh, on the Brooklyn Nets. There S3. is a
2: connection, the Kardashian connection. I It was meant to be typed that way.
1: It was meant to be typed that way? I, typed that way? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, Kyrie, of course, we're talking about Kyrie Irving, who is now apparently going to be a part-time player on road games, not in New York or Toronto. So, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Um, I mean, well, look, they're already in the number one seed, We've seen how good they can be when all three are playing last season, though it was few and far between. um, Nets are the favorites in the East right now, I think. Um, If Harden and Kyrie are both healthy for a playoff series, even if Kyrie's only playing half that playoff series, I don't think anyone in the East is beating them. Um, Milwaukee would be the prime challenger, obviously, but that's probably the best trio we've seen in a while. Um, you know, it's right up there with Golden State in their prime. Like, there, there, there aren't many trios that talented. Harden's had a bit of a rough season. Kyrie's been sitting at home. It'll probably take a while to... He's also
1: in self health and safety protocols right now as well. Yeah. Pointed out. But yeah.
3: So, it, it'll take a minute for it to click, I'm sure. But, despite all those things in their way, they are the number one seed in the East right now. And they have Kevin Durant. So I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to be a really good team.
1: Uh, I think it's that simple. I mean, it's tough, Chris. I don't know. Because, like, I don't know what's going to happen with James Harden. We don't know what Kyrie's going to look like when he gets back. The other thing is, I'm not sleeping on Milwaukee. If Milwaukee's healthy by the time the playoffs come around, like... I, I like their chances. I, I still think Brooklyn gets by, but gosh, it's going to be a seven-game series like, like few, few have been before. Um, but that being yeah, said, I I, I don't sorry. think anyone's sleeping on Milwaukee. Like, they're the mm-hmm. clear number
3: two. But the Bucks before Harden and Kyrie, that, that series was not going to go seven games last season before the Nets no. got injured. Like, the Nets were about to blow them out of the water.
1: Frankly. But I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, because so like I said, I think I think getting that championship swagger does help them in a seven game series against the, those guys this time around. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out is that I don't know. Honestly, if if Golden State is healthy. I don't know if if one can beat Golden State. I don't know, because oh, I really honey. like Golden State.
3: Me too, but it it's Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie. They they can. It, they it can. Is-
1: I'm not saying that they can't, but I'm not gonna say that they're a surefire favorite in that matchup. Maybe not, but they're it's Brooklyn and Milwaukee and
3: Golden State in Utah and Phoenix. Those are the five teams. Mm-hmm. I really think there's a pretty big gap between those five and everyone else. Oh, I
1: agree. I agree,
2: Lucas. We also see what happens when Steph Curry gets shut down or has an off
1: night. They just no. But that's because they don't have Clay. If Clay's ninety percent of what he was, Uh, then then that doesn't matter as much because you still got because you still have Wiggins who could go off for thirty any given night. Draymond's playing better. You got guys like Kaminga who got a chance to start the other night and he got 26 in his first start don't sleep on that kid that kid's going to be special yeah but years. like chris was saying kyrie hardin but and but here's Brad? the thing but here's the thing brooklyn doesn't have a defender like that Well, blake Griffin doesn't do it for you what
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, happened well. to come alive he came to life that game i was like what he's hitting threes now
1: i mean they have javon carter but I, from what I what, what Brown, I from what I can so. see, the best way to get Kyrie, I mean not Kyrie, to get uh, Steph off his game is if you have a guy between six five and six seven that is very physical defender that has very long arms.
3: Yeah, Bruce the Brown only guy
1: it, it's Bruce Brown. He'd probably play a lot of minutes in that series. But I see. I don't think Bruce Brown is on the same level as Matisse Thybulle and Mikael Bridges. Like those two guys, they're going to be all the, all NBA defenders this season. There's no doubt in my mind that that will happen. Bruce Brown won't be, and no offense to either one of them guys, but I don't see that happening for four games out of a seven game series. I don't. Yeah, but
3: even that's it. Brooklyn can still outshoot them and outscore them, and they're not a bad defensive team so far this year. So I
1: no, they are actually pretty good. Give Steve Nash his flowers on that for
3: um, coaching that up. Brooklyn, offensively at their peak, can probably beat anyone. I, I, I'd say they're probably my favorites, despite all the question marks and stuff.
1: But, but the question is, will James Harden get back to his peak form? I don't know that. Who knows? But even if he's not, well,
2: if, we don't if know he... if we don't know if uh, Clay Thompson is going to get back to his form. Yeah, so we don't know. a lot of. But waves. right
1: now, it's pretty clear that with James Harden and Kevin Durant and. The Warriors without Clay, the Warriors are still the better team by far. Uh, yeah, good, I mean they're it better.
3: Is. It's like regular season standings only mean so much.
1: No, right? I'm talking about when the Warriors put a slacking on the on the Nets. Yeah, and again, that's like one regular season game. If you yeah.
3: stack up the rosters and you're like, these two teams are going to play seven games. They have Kyrie for half of those. Harden's healthy. Durant's healthy. Brooklyn is totally capable of winning that series. It would probably be close. I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep. I, Golden State could totally win, but it, it's certainly a, a matchup.
1: It it would be a fun finals to watch for sure. Um, but I think we can go ahead and move on, Chris. Hold on. Uh,
2: I just want to give a, a quick recap on uh, the Brooklyn game. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a room creator for a website called Clubhouse, and we have a watch party pretty much every Sixers game. And for whatever reason, I guess because it's a Brooklyn game and their market is so huge, we had a lot of people come through and watch the game together, and a couple of New York fans or or Brooklyn fans, uh, a couple guys who are Sixers fans, uh, Maurice and Winston, they are friends to the site. They retweet our stuff. Uh, We had some very colorful uh, people come in and give their interesting opinions. We had a guy named A. Boogie who's a a Washington Wizards fan of all teams. He's coming in. He's like defending Ben Simmons. And it it was just a really interesting clubhouse. And I'm going to invite you guys, if you have time and want
1: to watch the game together, let me know and, and I'll give you an invitation. Uh, yeah, hit me up. I, I'll see if I can do it. I should be able to do it this week. Completely free,
2: free app. And and these guys, they read your stuff. We talk about it a lot and they're a uh, real diehard Sixers fans. There's oh, a guy from yeah. California, uh, Gerald. He's a huge fan of the Sixers. So I, I definitely want you guys to pop in at some
1: point. I will definitely try for sure. Cool. Yeah. But let's go ahead, Chris. And I think it's time to move on to probably one of the most, polarizing Sixers not named Ben Simmons this season
3: and we're back um (laughs) we're talking about Korkmaz um who has been pretty pretty uh I don't know not great this season as I keep saying it's been a rough stretch for Fircon. he has just not really been able to find his shooting stroke Outside the first couple weeks of the season, Isaiah Joe played 24 minutes against Brooklyn. There seems to be a growing movement to play Joe over Corkmoth and to give Joe a more serious look in the rotation. Um, So, Lucas, for you, what
1: are the pros and cons of of playing Joe over Corkmoth at this point? We can see from preseason plus summer league play that Joe definitely has the, the... the marksmanship to be an elite sharpshooter in this game. You look at back at his college, you know, career, Chris, you were very high on him attempting around 10 threes a game his last season. It's, it's pretty impressive. The guy, the guy can shoot. There's no denying that. Um, so that's, you know, but you know, Inconsistencies has made his number inconsistent. Minutes have made his numbers not look great, um, and obviously the the inexperience is not something that head coach Doc Rivers loves. That being said, there are plenty of pl- positives. First off, Chris, in the preseason, me and you both agreed that he's probably the second best pure shooter on the team behind Seth Curry, um, and I still believe that to be the case. Um, so giving him minutes would make sense. Uh, the other thing is is that. He definitely has the ability to be a much better defender than Korkmas currently is. He's longer. He's more athletic. He he has a more natural instinct for it. So I, I I mean, so not only would he be a better shooter, but he would also be a better you know defender, which is important for the Sixers because their perimeter defense is relatively horrendous this season. So if you can upgrade that and you lose a little bit of veteran leadership, you lose a little bit of chemistry in terms of like flow of the offense, but overall you're getting better on both sides of the court in the short term and long-term because you want to get Joe these minutes now during the regular season. And I I've written about how Joe should be taking over in the rotation. Me and you, I talked about a few weeks ago, like, I have nothing else to say on this.
3: Yeah. um, I don't have much more to add to that. I, I think you're pretty much spot on. I'm I'm kind of at the point right now until Joe plays better. Like, you kind of have to try to ride it out with Rick on because Joe hasn't been too great himself this season. Um, granted, limited minutes hasn't gotten... Maybe as long a leash as he deserves, but his shot hasn't been quite as consistent as we would all
1: hope either. So until he like, you know, proves. But, but, but Chris, he's a volume shooter. He needs to get, be able to get into rhythm when you only play eight minutes a game for the first two weeks, you're not going to be able to get and get one or two shots up. You're not going to be able to get into a rhythm.
2: You're talking about Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, I think because the season is so funky, weird, Omicron and, and guys being injured, just ta- let them sink or swim and see what happens. We know that Furkan, con- I mean, how many more games are we going to wait for him to break out of his funk? So give Joe like a maybe an eight-game stretch, see what happens. That's what I would do.
1: Uh, I, I agree. I think an eight-to-10-game stretch is fair. And give him around 15 to 20 minutes. You know, let him get into the rhythm of the game. Let him get up more than like two or three three pointers. Let him actually get up like five or six, and see if he can get his rhythm down. Because I'm sure one, he's like I, I'm. I'm based off of what we've seen. It's fair to say that he's one of those guys that once he gets, you know, gets hot, he he gets going and he cooks uh, from three point line. And the Sixers certainly could use that. Um, yeah.
3: I, I mean, I I don't disagree, but when you're looking at it from like, what does he have to do to show to Doc Rivers that he deserves minutes? Like, he just has to come in and shoot the heck out of the ball for a couple games, um, rhythm or not. Um, you know, this is he's getting shots up every day in practice. He's running like it's not like he's walking out of the court cold every day. Like, he if he has to hit shots to earn his minutes. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think for a lot of fans at this point, the frustration with Moss has grown to the point where they're maybe thinking about trades. Um, but as you and I sort of talked about before the pod, Lucas, Sixers can't trade Moss this season. His contract is set up in such a way that he can't be traded until March. And the trade deadline for those who don't know is February 10th. Um, so Moss is here to stay, um, whether you like it or not. So, Are there any other players in your mind, Lucas, who the Sixers could package with Ben Simmons or trade separately to try to um, adjust the roster around Joel Embiid
1: and Tyrese Maxey? I mean, you think of the two guys that are getting any major minutes that don't seem to have a real shot of getting them, and you think of Jaden Springer, who's spending most of the season in the G League, and, and, you know, that's fair for him because he needs to develop, and he's not going to get that on the Sixers' level. And then you think of Paul Reed, which I know you love Paul Reed, but we talked about it last pod. If a good enough deal comes along or if you have the package of him with Ben, you do it like he's good. He's going to be good in the league, but there really is no path for him getting minutes, especially now with Charles Bassey merging as appearing to be the better player between the two of them. Yeah.
3: I, I agree with Paul. The thing is, he's not making a lot of money. And as far as like salary matching goes, there aren't a ton of minimum mm-hmm. contract players. I'd trade Paul Reed for right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So the, it, it's tough. The Sixers don't have a lot of like big salary tradable contracts. They have a lot of money tied up in the big three. Um, ben Tobias and Joel. Then the next guy is Danny. Who's making 10 million. Some people will tell you, you know, has to be traded or else it's a, failure on the part of daryl maury i'm not quite there yet like if you can get a better player sure but i
1: i I don't know what danny's trade value is right now i think he's pretty good so i I don't think i I wouldn't trade danny lightly just because of what he means to that locker room too yeah i i don't think there's any internal stress you know i i guess you could i mean it depends on like okay if you go after a guy like cj mccollum then you can consider putting maybe uh, Seth Curry into that talks, because yeah. you, you like you don't want to have McCollum, Maxi, and Curry. That's going to basically be like the uh, you know what Portland did a few years ago, which clearly d- didn't work out for them in the playoffs. So I I would be open to putting you know Curry in there if you're going to be getting a smallish guard in return. It doesn't have to be a point guard per se, but you know smallish guard. Maybe if you get like. A buddy healed, maybe you consider it. I don't know. But like curry's better than healed. Oh, I agree. I agree. But like, you know, how are you gonna fit that into the how are you gonna do that rotationally? Then you, you know don't
3: trade I, for buddy healed.
1: I mean, I don't disagree. I'm just saying, like, I'm giving examples, okay? Just yeah. giving examples. But what you know, my point is is that um you know, there are ways that you can include curry in a trade that would make sense for the Sixers, especially yeah. if you can still get a high-volume three-point shooter or you know a smallish guard in return. Mm-hmm. You know, It just depends. But yeah, I would say Curry could be on that list. I wouldn't love it, but I think it makes sense. I would not trade George's Niang if I could help it, just because he, he's the glue piece to that second unit. And I mean, if a team wants Andre Drummond, Oh no!
3: Not again! Hey, look.
2: If his parents are that mad that he's ignoring them while they play cards, <laughs> then you know maybe we maybe we need to. I don't know. Get another yeah. podcast host so, in here.
3: As I always say, <laughs> Lucas is wrong on every point. Um, <laughs> That's photo, why he was cut off. <laughs> totally ludicrous. Um, nothing he said is remotely correct or. You palatable to my personal sensibilities as a basketball writer. I, I just disagree with everything he said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, I guess we gotta wait for Lucas now.
2: Well. Let's talk about lemon pepper wings for a moment. Sure, uh... they're
1: pretty good. <laughs> okay, I don't know what happened. There he is. I don't know what happened. I was in the middle of talking and then it just disappeared. Chris had a theory that your parents got really upset
2: that you were ignoring them.
1: No, the <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "We need a th- we need a third Uno player tonight." You no, know, <laughs> if I had to guess, what time is it? They might be starting to wind down now. They might be reading a book. Mm. They or might be. They, they pulled might the plug be. on you, man. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Finish your it. point. Might.
2: Chris Chris was denied everything you say. He was like, oh, what's he talking about?
1: I was just saying like uh guys like I wouldn't trade George's Yang lightly. I wouldn't uh, you could put uh Andre Drummond in there, but he doesn't add much in terms of contract wise. So I mean it's just I mean you can include a lot of different people, but like the two main ones that I would say would be Jaden Springer and, and Paul Reed. Yeah,
3: I, I, I'm I kind of in the same boat. Like, everyone not named Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey is, is touchable, so to speak. They're on the mm-hmm. table. You you would be open to trading anyone in the right circumstance, but Curry is only making $8 million. Not many guys making $8 million are going to give you more than Seth Curry gives you. You add, you know, George's Niang... 3 million, 11, 12, 13... Not many $13 million players are giving you more than those two. So, that's kind of where you're at if you're the Sixers. You don't have a lot of flexibility unless you make, you know, a Ben trade or a Tobias trade. Um, with Springer, it it's like, I don't... What's his trade value? I can't imagine it's going to get you more than, like, a bottom of the rotation guy at this point.
1: Yeah,
3: I'd rather stick it out i think springer's gonna be really good
1: Um, well the thing like i could see like if you're trying to get a superstar you add Jaden springer as like that young prospect yeah if we're
3: packaging with ben for like a better player i'm fine with including paul reed or Jaden springer but divorced from that there's not really a ton of flexibility with this roster i don't think the sixers are going to be making a ton of moves at the Mm -hmm. deadline that don't involve ben simmons you know yeah I don't think Danny's going to get traded. I, I, there aren't a lot of packages for him that make sense that I've seen. So, mm-hmm. he, he. A lot of people complain about him still. I, I don't frankly get it. He's been really good this season. I, he's a good player. There's mm-hmm. no need to trade him unless it's for a meaningful upgrade. So, I, I don't expect a ton of movement. Frankly, for Maury, it, it's really like Ben Simmons or nothing at this point.
1: Yeah, it feels like it. Or, you know, if we get lucky and can move off into bias. But anyway, let's go ahead and switch gears. And let's think about some, you know, thoughts about some second tier players that the Sixers should try to get before the trade deadline. And who do we think would fit on the Sixers outside of Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, James Harden, Chris?
3: Um, well, I, Does Jay Gilgis Alexander count as like a second tier
1: player? I would say so. He's not as nearly as accomplished and he's kind of actually having a worse year than last year, but I would attribute that to him having worse teammates. Um, Well, I don't know if his teammates are worse,
3: but yeah, I, Shay's really good. I trade Ben for Shay in a heartbeat. It would, make me very happy i i don't and you know the thing good is
1: good. the money wise it could work for both sides just media swap because uh they are 30 something under the ta- uh before they even get to the tax line yeah so that that could work
3: yeah i i have no clue why okay c so would do that but if they're really into ben
1: simmons you know that's great for them i'm happy for them um I mean, I could see a three-team trade involving, like, OKC, Indiana, and the yeah. Sixers. Well, I mean, we talked about this. Yeah, but, like, again,
3: I Shea over Sabonis every day of the week is... I,
1: I agree. Well, to be fair, Sabonis is balling out right now. but Sabonis get... is
3: great, but, like, if you're trying to build a championship contender, Shea's mm. the kind of guy who's winning championships more than Sabonis these days.
1: I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I you know... I guess the question is, do they say, see seeing and Josh Giddy being able to coexist? I think they can, but, you know.
3: Yeah, I, I, I would have no worries about that. I, I, I think Jalen
1: Brown's the other guy people are all excited about. Not going to happen. Um, no. Nah. So you're looking you at You forgot anybody. one, Chris. Hmm? You forgot one, but I'll let you finish first.
3: Well, please remind me if I don't bring him up. But okay. You look at Sacramento, I'm hard pass on De'Aaron Fox. Yeah look at portland pretty hard pass on cj mccollum right now i think um you know it's not like the worst outcome but those are not guys i'd be prioritizing right now how if you can get like halliburton and Barnes and some picks i'd be sort of interested in that um cleveland is interested I, i have no clue what cleveland would give up it really doesn't make any sense
1: um Cause, I guess I guess they're hoping that people value um, Sexton pretty high. I guess like are they trying to move
3: like Jared Allen and go with Mobley Simmons and Mark? Like I don't,
1: I don't think they want to. I ben, think they like that, but like I, I agree, they're really good and uh, Allen's been really
3: good this year. And I don't think Ben Simmons and Jared Allen works. So I, no. I, it's a weird that Cleveland keeps being brought up. I don't want Russell Westbrook. Sorry, um, I I don't want R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle. Sorry, so, um, you know, if the Pelicans are going to give us like five picks and five swaps, I'll take it. But it it's it's an interesting spot the Sixers are in. I don't really know what a trade would look like.
1: Um, yeah, Who knows? I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, you bring up a lot of good points, but you even mentioned the team that he was on, and you didn't mention him. And granted, he's off the table, according to reports right now. But if you can get Brandon Ingram, I mean, it would have to be a three-team trade. But gosh, I would do it in a second. Yeah, in I'm, a I'm fine with Ingram. second. Yeah. He's a great perimeter. Offensive player is an underrated defender. And, like, he's a three-level scorer that you can rely on at the end of games. Like... Granted, him and Tobias Harris would be a little bit of a weird fit, but, like, you tell Tobias, take a back seat. But, like, I I am like, please let me get, like, Brandon Ingram. I know they don't want to move on from him, but here's the deal. Your your season's already done. Zion's not projected to get back for at least another six weeks, but it probably will, he probably will miss the season, if not, like, most of the season. Like you're not gonna win any more games. If I was them, like I, I really don't think Valanciunas is the guy that needs to be playing next to Zion at center. Like he's not, he's not the guy. Well, so you 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 get you you tried to trade him. I and I don't think Brandon Ingram and Zion are a winning duo. I think you tried to get well. Is Ben and Zion a winning duo? Well, no, 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 no. You wouldn't trade for Ben. You would do a three-team trade. I've we talked. I've talked about yeah. this in the past. You get maybe De'Aaron Fox, or I don't know somebody
3: that makes more sense. Maybe I think Ingram makes more sense next to Zion than Fox. Like Fox... well, maybe maybe C.J. McCollum the floor, yeah. maybe C.J. McCollum.
1: Sure, but like the age thing, Zion's young. I mean, they're talking about uh, you know Dame going to Portland, so why not CJ? Sure,
3: but like, I wouldn't trade Ingram for CJ. I'd try to get CJ separate from Ingram, maybe. But like, Ingram's younger than CJ; he's not far behind him as a player. I don't, I don't know why they do that trade, and he's a I, better defender.
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to throw. I really just want Ingram to be honest. Give me Ingram, I'll be happy. Like that's who I thought this. Like when the dra- I've I've talked about this. Like when the draft was happening, I had a real debate. Like who would be a better fit with Joel? And at you know, if we're talking about immediate fit, Ingram was the better fit immediately coming in as a prospect. Yeah, and that has proven to be the case now.
2: Can I bring up a player that nobody's mentioned? Yeah, sure. He's he's, he's not even a 20-point scorer at this point of his career, but he's torched the Sixers enough between Charlotte and Boston in his career. Oh, oh,
1: gosh, no. I'm just –
2: hear me out. So the Sixers have issues scoring the ball sometimes with their second unit. If you bring in Kemba Walker, those woes go away. Are you training
1: Ben Simmons for Kemba? No, 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 no. No, no,
2: no, not not Ben Simmons. I'm just saying, like, let's say – all right, that was originally uh, packaged for Ben Simmons, but would you want him here?
3: Somehow I mean, it's like yeah, a yeah, three way trade. As a backup, sure. Um, I tried to write about that and like look at the trade machine. It's pretty hard to match that eight million. Like you're trading like with you can't trade Furkan. Right. Furcon would be the obvious guy to swap there. And you can't do it. George no, is making enough Seth and Shake is making like one million a year, you know. What?
1: Oh, that's right. So, yeah, it's it's pretty – it would be near unless impossible. Unless you're
3: giving up Danny or Seth, which you're not doing. You can't really get Kemba. Well, that stinks because that
1: would make sense. Would I would like want, Kemba as a backup. Would you want Kemba as opposed to Danny Green? No. No. No, oh, yeah. no, no. Because Danny's can still be a starter. Kemba's clearly not, not on a consistent basis. He's in right. that Derrick Rose phase of his career, Right. which is fine, but – um. No, Kemba, Kemba's going to get traded. I can see it happening, and he'll be a great backup somewhere else. But he's not a starter anymore in this league just because his life, his health and just aren't consistent enough. And it, I think it's fair to say he's lost a half step, which for a small guy like him matters, especially if he wants to be a starter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's totally possible. I, I wouldn't hate it, but, like, I do like your thinking, trying to get a score first backup point guard, like uh, more of a you know, you know who who could be available and who didn't play bad in his Lakers debut. Oh my God! Yes, I'm bringing it back up. Think about it, guys. No, seriously, think about I... it. He's, he's on he's on a hardship exception right now. What is the difference between him and Kemba besides a few inches? He could make a difference. He could make a difference. He... What is the difference between him and Kemba besides a few inches? Nothing. Kevin. Absolutely nothing besides the few inches. They're both bad defensively. They're both score-first score point guards. Chris, you're only being biased. Yeah, they're both we...
3: worse than Shake Milton. Bingo! Nailed it. it!
1: I don't
2: think uh, Kemba uh, would go into the stands to confront someone over a free Frosty. I don't... Wait, I don't, did I.G. do that? Yeah, remember he went into the stands two years ago? no i so, don't it was a heck it was a heckler in the wells fargo center why am was, i not surprised he was saying really nasty things trying to get it to miss a free throw and then he just went into the stands like 10 rows up and confronted what? some dude he's like my parents told me don't disrespect my name and it was a big deal you how'd you miss that
1: lucas i don't know
2: chris you know about that right yeah i remember
1: it no. i don't you have I'm to go with like, I'll tag. You. I'll have to. I'll
3: yeah, I have you. to. Isaiah um, Thomas has has been out of the league for a reason. Unfortunately, I, and he
1: balled with the Lakers in his first debut.
3: Yeah, in garbage time. Good for him. It you can't put that much stock into one game of garbage time. It it's really. He's five nine with a bunch of injuries on his resume.
1: It's it's not gonna. It, Kimba's six foot with a lot of injuries on his resume. Yeah,
3: Kimba's three inches taller. And was a good starting caliber player as recently as last season.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Wasn't it like a top three candidate for MVP like just like four or five years ago? Yeah. Okay, four then. or five years ago. I'm just. I we we could talk about it all day long, but <laughs> let's let's go ahead and Uriah, How about you do our social media question of the week?
2: Sure. So the social media question of the week was the following. Should Doc Rivers start Danny Green over Matisse Theibel for the rest of the season? Experimentation has come. A lot of fans are kind of leaning more towards Danny. 61% of the votes went towards yes, bringing Danny back. 39% say no. Lucas, what are your feelings on this?
1: I think it's going to be a game-to-game basis. I think there are some games that you're going to need Thiebel to start, especially against these quick twitchy guards and that Danny clearly just cannot defend and Maxi, while getting better. And I don't think we talked about his, like his defensive improvement enough this season, but he's still not ready to take on some of those elite guards. So like, yeah, there are matchups like Steph Curry or uh, Trey young that you would definitely want to start Matisse over and um just a side note here the last two days uh matisse has been staying after practice to get extra shots up don't know if that will make a difference but it's nice to see the effort being put in but no i i i get i think it's going to be a a game-to-game basis like doc Rivers said in the past yeah um you all know my
3: answer i mean it's it's danny um I agree that there are certain matchups where Thibel makes more sense, but broadly speaking, Danny Green is the more consistent, productive NBA player at this point. If Thibel's offense comes around, you change things up. But until that happens, um, until he's scoring more than eight points on a consistent basis, you kind of have to stick with Danny Green, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I pretty much think it's that simple. Like, his shooting is super valuable to this team. The like Sixers still, for some reason, it doesn't always feel like they have enough quick-trigger, high-volume shooters, despite being several being on the roster. Um, You can't really get enough of that next to Joel. Danny is still one of the best shooters on this roster, so you got to start Danny um, until Feibel does something definitive to prove that he's some you know a better offensive player until that happens it's danny
2: so let me let me bring some stats up to this conversation and this is directly related to Derek botner former guest of the sixer sense uh he went out and he now has uh his own site i don't know if people know this the daily six where he writes newsletters hopefully he can come back on the sixer sense and be a guest again but he did an interesting analysis of Matisse Thibel on the floor versus off the floor during the stretch we're talking about. And he found and he reported that Thibel's, uh the team's offensive rating with Thibel on the floor uh, is 93.9 offensive rating. Ooh, that's not good. Without him, I guess when Danny Greenson is 113. Uh, yeah, that makes the, sense. the net rating with Thibault on the floor the past, I'd say probably dozen games, minus 36. So hmm. Chris, I, as much as I'd hate to admit it, I think you have a point.
1: Wow. Wow. You're actually agreeing with Chris on a Matisse Thybul point. Oh my gosh! Hey, look, I'm so reasonable so. here.
2: I mean, the, the eyeball test tells you that Thybul has not been hitting shots, and whether he's putting up extra shots in practice doesn't matter. It's all what happens during the game in
1: 48 minutes. I just, I like I said, I think it's situational. Um, but I would say for the most part, like you guys said, Danny, Danny's probably should be the default guy, at least for now. Um, if the shot ever comes which i doubt but if it does he'll be very he'll be an you know elite defender because he'll actually get the minutes to back it up um but until then i think i think you guys are spot on there but yeah i think on that note i think uh chris i think it's time for you to play us out yeah okay um
3: to all our listeners as always thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the six Your cents podcast as always please like subscribe follow along leave us a review give us five stars if you can we are on apple podcast spotify google play audible or you can listen and read us on our website the six follow us on twitter and facebook at six or cents um happy holidays to everyone to you guys to lucas uriah um very excited for our next holiday themed episode um on Wednesday. Uh, I'm very excited for the holiday season. Uh the movie release schedule is very favorable this Christmas. I'm Spider-Man. very excited. Spider-Man. No. Spider-Man <laughs> I,
2: Spider-Man. Come on.
3: I actually
2: 95% Rotten it. grat- Tomato it's rating. Perfectly, I see
3: it, but I haven't seen it yet. It's a perfectly fine movie. But oh you saw it. Okay. I want to Nick see. It. No, spoilers. no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> Licorice Pizza, Macbeth, Red Rocket, I'm coming. First day.
1: You know what okay. show I want to see? It's on. It's going to be coming on HBO Max. It's the one about um the what Licorice Magic Johnson movie. got. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that looks good. Yeah, that looks really good. Looks good. I'm waiting for it to come out on HBO Max in the spring, but like it's coming on now. I'm excited for it because they got a really good cast on top of that. I mean, they got John C. Riley to play Jim Buss. Yeah i was not expecting that but it looks like he can pull it off um but anyway yeah chris continue sorry yeah no um
3: shout out to all the paul thomas anderson fans out there um thanks everyone for tuning into this week's episode we'll be back soon merry christmas happy holidays etc etc we'll talk to you soon thanks